Welcome again to It Doesn't Take a Genius, conversation with introspective perspectives and pithy points of view. Here are your hosts, my friends, Max and Marty. I think that's Mark and Mike. Yeah, whatever. Ramsey! Marshall, we are here again, and I need to tell you, I didn't tell you this when we got started, that um, it is approaching, let's see if I can tell you, uh, we are now at the 90 degree mark, and I just want to pat myself on the back that I'm wearing this suit in a uh, office that has no air conditioning as of right now. Got a fan going, feeling really good about myself, you know, I'm a professional. Well, when you said you were at the 90 degree mark, I thought you were just standing upright. Uh, <laughs> right. it's, uh, oh, you meant the temperature. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, that's, that changes everything that I'm thinking. <laughs> that's different. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah. So, yeah. Good thing it's not smell a tube. Uh, that's exactly, smell a that's cast, exactly right. Like that. I can see where this would be detrimental to all our viewers. Very, very fair statement. <laughs> very fair statement. So, and so, and let me say, I admire, you know, your, your perseverance in the face of adversity. Oh, you know, I, I mean, I said it so that you, you would brag on me. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. A lesser man would have, would have melted uh, <laughs> under these, you know, you know, just extreme conditions, but no, Ramsey says, let's do the pot. Well, I want to, I want to do this. Oh, uh, uh, this is, but this, that's really because this is so fun. I, I think these are so helpful and we've talked about this. And, and uh, you know what, I'll just go ahead and let me start us off with a story that probably has happened nearby you, dear listeners, both of you. Um, we uh, all know some teenagers. We know some teenagers that are on social media a lot. And occasionally a, a negative thing happens. Uh, something was challenged uh, there was uh, there was uh, something mean spirited said. Uh, there was something revealed that was supposed to be secret. Uh, we could go on and on with the list of things that um, you know really uh, could could be rough. And I, I guess where I'm going with this is uh, social media makes it seem like you've got the full story, right? Because this is where you live. You know these are these are my people, and I know this and this and this about their lives, and I see all these things happening. But do you really know the story? And often I think our teenagers, and this is, this is one of the reasons we're doing this podcast, is we think that there are so many opportunities for crucial conversations to help people who are really struggling with mental health and at the, at the end of their rope. Um, and, and one of those is uh, teenagers in situations like this where they don't really know the whole story, but they've convinced themselves that they know it all and their life is over or so-and-so hates them or whatever it is. Um, so that's why today's segment on crucial conversations is so important. Oh, couldn't agree more. And, and yeah, sometimes uh, we find that the, the young people, even adults, uh, they're in an yep. echo chamber and yep. they don't hear opposing points of view. Yep. Uh, and because of that, when they finally get into the workplace and they do hear an opposing point of view or they, or they get some corrective uh, you know, feedback, they don't know what to do. Yeah, uh, and they don't know how to respond. They don't know how to take it, and and, and something that we thought was a fairly benign uh, conversation now is escalated to a crucial conversation. That's it. So just to remind everybody, a, a crucial conversation is a real high stakes, high emotion, opposing viewpoints, 
And over the last few episodes, we've given you some uh, things to think about, you know, what's your goal in the conversation for yourself, for the other person, for the relationship with that person. Um, uh, we've, we've suggested you look in the mirror. What are you, what are you contributing to this whole mess? Is there a possibility that you've gone into silence or violence instead of uh, hitting it head on? And, uh, and today we want to, we're, we're sort of, this is, uh, this is your idea, Mike, and I think you're right, but we're adjusting the order of the chapters in this book, which is a phenomenal book, and we're doing it with the purpose of really staying in the place of, let's do all the prep work beforehand. So today is about master your story. Mm -hmm. This is a, something to do on the front end. Well, and I think we must stop and admire the ego and the hubris <laughs> uh, that it must take to take a perfectly good book and rearrange the chapters because we don't agree with the order that they're in. Uh, Look, I, I, I kind of like that. <laughs> if you're willing to rearrange chapters of a book, I can sit here in 90 degrees in a suit. I mean, I think this oh, yeah. is, yeah, well, we are, we are out there. We, we are wild. Rebels yeah. without a clue. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. <laughs> the, uh, so yeah, no, this, this struck home with me because I think it's because I'm so guilty of it, you know, and it, it, yeah. it's called master your story. You got to recognize and change the story you're telling yourself. Yeah. And so sometimes we, we don't even tell ourselves the whole story. Uh, we magnify, and we'll talk about the three different ways that we magnify the story to maybe favor us, uh, you know, to put ourselves <laughs> right. in, a, in, the, in the positive light uh, in this whole endeavor. And, and there's this wonderful idea in the book about don't confuse facts with your story. Uh, yeah. you know, there's a difference between the facts of the, what's actually happening and the story that you're telling yourself. Yeah. So, um, yeah, let's talk about that because, uh, you know, th this is really near and dear to me that uh, my, my company, HipSocket, the tagline is wrestle and grow. Mm -hmm. And what we mean by wrestle is have a conversation, right? Uh, have, have that wrestling match of a conversation to get to the truth of the matter. That's, that's really what the ancients would have called dialectic, I guess, that you're wrestling with, with uh, uh, some argument, some idea, uh, with words you're wrestling and you're trying to get to the real truth of what's really going on with this particular subject or uh, piece of art or relationship and so in this case it's really a dialectic with yourself in the last episode we talked about looking in the mirror well now we're, we're asking you to really argue with yourself about what is really going on in this conversation so they would have called it the dialectic um, let, let me give an example uh, let's say, uh, let's say that you had said some harsh words to me. Notice I've already told myself a little bit of a story there. You were being harsh, right? Oh, yes. But here's, here's what I really should say to myself. Now, is that really what happened? Was Marshall being harsh with me? Well, well, really what he said was, I don't know, let's make up something. Uh, your, uh, your suit looks funny. And he said, your suit looks funny. And I felt treated harshly. Mm -hmm. Both of those things are facts. Right. Okay. The, the fact that I feel that way, right? I, I feel treated harshly. That is true. That is absolutely how I feel. Mm -hmm. The fact that you said those words, uh, that suit looks funny on you. Those are true words. What's not true is he treated me harshly or he was making fun of me or pick, pick, a, pick a story, right? Those are stories. Mm -hmm. 
and stories are not facts. Now it's how I'm seeing it. And I really need to start weighing like, now what's really going on here? What, what else, what else uh, is, is a factor here? What are some things that maybe I don't know or haven't thought of that really would make this story make a lot more sense than what I just told myself? Oh yeah, and as you're talking, uh, you know, I'm I'm seeing the the incredible difficulty of doing this, because in order right. to have this honest assessment of the facts, I would have to drain all the emotion out of it. Yep. <laughs> Man, yep. you talk about that That's would be awesome. Yeah, because I feel like I was treated harshly. I was picked on. Yeah. You know, and now I've got to sit there and go, okay, what actually happened? Right. You know, so let's be the, rational about yeah, that. Let's, 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 let's forget the emotional part. Let's be rational and go, okay, what are the things that actually occurred? Yeah. And yeah. And, and, you know, you've heard that saying perception is reality. Yep. Um, so my perception of it is my reality. And that's a fact for me, right? I, I felt like it was harsh, yeah. um, but it doesn't mean that, that, that characterization is correct. It's just how I felt about it. Yeah, and it, it's almost like perception is reality is the kind of thing that a, a person or a, an organization should be thinking about when they're doing research, right? That, um, that uh, we're being perceived a certain way, and so that's why the market is acting a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, 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 how I came across to this person made them think X, Y, Z, and so that's how they're treating me is, is by, as if X, Y, Z were true. And, and so, so, you know, perception is reality is me saying, you have a, a a completely different perspective than I do. And I probably ought to figure out what that perspective is, right? Mm -hmm. There, there are some questions there that I have to, to better paint reality. So, so my truth maybe doesn't matter as much here. It's what really did happen. What really is going on in the story? Mm -hmm. Um, Separating that from the, the emotion. It makes me think of, of you know, we, were, we were talking about this in something we were working on yesterday, but uh, it was, uh, I've got a little bit of fact and a dump truck load of assumptions. <laughs> and so based upon my little bit of fact, you know, I got a couple of facts, this huge truckload of assumptions, I'm yep. not going to make up a story. Right. right. You know, and, and people will listen to the story and go, yeah, yeah, there's, yeah, some of that, yeah, it's not true. Right. Some of that didn't happen. And some of it, uh, yeah, could have been perceived a different way. And yeah. there was a little bit of fact in there. What, what uh, was the, uh, it may have been the, that the book was called Paradigms. I, I don't remember, but it, it was, it was, uh, it was how I was introduced to the concept of paradigms. But the story was that the lady sat down at the airport uh, got out of her uh, carry-on bag uh, some cookies she had just bought and set them down and started reading her book. And a gentleman came and sat down next to her and um, also reading a book. And he took one of her cookies. Like he just point blank took a cookie. And, uh, and she doesn't say anything. She's, you know, kind of furious. And she grabs a cookie um, and, you know, continues to read. And he grabs another cookie. And they, they do this for a whole sleeve of cookies, right? Gets down to one cookie left. And this joker, the man, takes the cookie in his hand, breaks it in two, and gives her half. And she is just losing her mind, you know, doesn't say a word to him, of course, you know, just. And so she, she boards her plane still just, you know, just so furious about it and gets her carry-on bag put away. 
and discovers the unopened bag of cookies. She had actually been eating his cookies the entire time. And he was being really nice instead of being a complete jerk. So the story, you know, she she never gave herself a chance to hear the rest of that story. She was so angry about that first cookie being stolen that the rest of the opportunity to get any meaning in this in this situation just went completely by the wayside. How oh, yeah. often do we do that in the workplace? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Except now, we, you know, since that book's been written, we have a new word for it. We call it triggered. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was so triggered when he ate my cookies uh, that, yeah, I, you know, I couldn't have rational thoughts. I, uh, you, you know, all these bad things happened. So uh, yeah, yeah. We see it all the time. And, and, and I think that's part of, yeah, the emotion takes over. I'm furious. I'm angry. And, you know, and, and I don't stop to look and go, okay, what are the facts here? Oh, the fact is I'm eating his cookies. And he's, <laughs> the other fact is he's being extremely cordial about it. <laughs> you know, much more so than I probably would have been. <laughs> and so, so yeah, it, well, it gets to the book talks about uh, the stories that we tell ourselves. Uh, we tell ourselves, uh, we amplify either the fact that we're a victim in our story. Uh, we amplify that the other person, their villain, villainy is much higher than it actually was, right. or we tell ourselves that we were helpless to do anything different. Yeah. And That's... so like, like in your cookie story, right? Yeah, I'm a victim. Uh, you know, the man sat down, started to eat my cookies. He could have even been a villain. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah, I was a victim and he was the, the, the cookie monster. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This this villainous cookie serial cookie stealer, uh, yeah, just just took my stuff, and I, you know, he was a villain. I was a victim, and I was helpless. You know, what could I do? I'm, you know, I'm a I'm a woman, and you know, he's he's a man, and you know, the world's not fair, and yeah, you know, you know right. yeah, yeah. All four personas could have been amplified into that story. Yeah, I, I have a. Um... A, a dealer that I uh, have worked with in the past and um, multiple stores. And uh, sometimes he doesn't return text messages. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a part of, of Mark Ramsey who goes, Oh no, Oh no, he's unhappy with me. What have I done? What have I done? I'm the victim here. And, uh, and I know some of his managers struggle with that too, but one of his general managers um, has, has done a, a, a great job of telling the story. He says, you know, stop and think for a minute. He has a bunch of stores. Um, if you were him, like get into his shoes for a minute. Is it, is it possible that he didn't return your message because he was busy? Now, I'm not saying that that makes it right that you don't respond to people ultimately, but the fact is like maybe this week we don't have to pass out from you know thinking that he's he's just this ogre up there at the top of the mountain uh you know refusing to you know communicate with us or he's angry with us or or whatever is the story they tell themselves mm -hmm. well and i think one of the things that that makes that interesting is uh in when you're new to the relationship you, i think you you tell yourselves that story in a more dramatic fashion mm. but it, but it happens even though like like, I'll, you know, when I was leading coaches, you know, the coach would call and he'd say, you know, I, I reached out to the store and I haven't heard back. And it's it's not like them. I think, you know, I think they're mad at me. I think they're unhappy with what we're doing. I think they're disengaged. And my response was always, or 
there's something bigger than what we work on that's going on in their life right now. <laughs> well, well, you went there, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. Well, there. Yeah. Well, you know, and 99% of the time, yeah, the guy was dealing with a whole department quit, you know, a right. family member or, or a, you know, a valued team member passed away and they were right. dealing with a funeral, right? You know, there was always something bigger than what, you know, you know, we like to think what we're working on is important, but there is bigger stuff in life and work. And so 99% of the time it was, yeah, something bigger. And then when the person did get back to you, they apologized. Hey, sorry, I was distant. Yeah. The, the whole thing fell apart and we were putting it back together. And now we pick up where we left off. But the first story was, I'm a victim. I'm helpless. Yeah. They're a villain. You know, they just ghosted me. And uh, yeah, that was so rude. And I, I really want to be the center of the universe, Mike. Are you sure that I'm not the most important conversation that person could be having okay all right yeah. you yeah. say so yeah i mean i sent a text with an emoji <laughs> it was worthy of responding to hello <laughs> so so yeah i think uh, yeah recognize and change uh, the story you're telling yourself yeah did you exaggerate your victimhood did you exaggerate their villainy did you exaggerate your helplessness there was there was nothing I could do in this situation. Really? Yeah, right. let's, let's talk right. about that. And so, the, and, and keep in mind, this is all just like you said so wonderfully. This is a conversation I'm having with myself. Right. I'm analyzing, I'm looking at it and going, all right, what story did I tell myself about that? And is it a fact or is it a story? And I, I do want to give a shout out to uh, Thad Bartlett, a friend of ours, who's just an excellent instructional designer and, and just frankly, all around great fellow. Mm -hmm. And uh, he uh, is the one who pointed out to me that at this point in the conversation with yourself, you can be noticing that there are a bunch of things you don't know, you know, sort of like in your example with the dealer, you know, or it could be this, this and this. I wonder what it is. And so uh, uh, Thad encouraged me that, um, you know, make a list. What are the things you wish you did know? What would you like to know? And uh, that's going to be a little bit of a setup for where we go to uh, in, in future episodes with this. So, um, yeah, um, just uh, this, this, this whole concept is we're still on the inward side. We're still being introspective, uh, you know, uh, starting with the heart, learning to look at ourselves and now uh, mastering the story. And we've got one more little tidbit before we get into the actual conversation. We'll talk about that next time, making it safe. Yes. Yeah. Now we're kind of, we're done, you know, analyzing ourselves. Now we're going to think about what is the setting for this conversation and how do I make a, how do I create a safe environment um, so we can actually have the crucial conversation yeah. in a safe Perfect. And, and productive manner. Love it. Sweet. Speaking of collaborative, safe, warm, wonderful, let's see what our announcer has to say. You're just making up for all the insults you gave him last time. Yeah, I did think he pretty good. <laughs> and there you have it. Another session of contemporaneous extemporizing from Mark and Mike. I know it's redundant, but consider who we're talking about. As always, feel free to share the ideas you heard here. No right to reserve, no permissions needed. Thanks. See you next time on It Doesn't Take a Genius. That's good enough.